0: Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Mm,
1: mm, mm. Hi, I'm Orlando Eastwood, director of On the Road, The Search for Bigfoot, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Mac Yarnick's G-Series Atmo Hopper cruised over the city. It was sleek, yellow, and orange, in the envy of every schoolmate. It was designed for two people, though Mac Yarnick could shove three to four passengers if they squeezed. The ship had a round back and needlepoint tip. It was a pretty short range and good for a trip around the globe, or maybe up to a space station or two. Mack didn't use it for much more than going around the planet. Mack could take the Hyperloop tracks built into the Earth's surface. He was even rich enough to travel in a private pod, use express lanes, and have a taxi drone drop him off at the entrance. It would be way faster to travel than the Atmo Hopper, but it didn't change the fact that the. Atma hopper was his, and he enjoyed flying it. The city underneath him was vast and seemed to branch out to eternity. Mega skyscrapers stretched in every direction, drones, ships, and all sorts of aerial traffic crisscrossed the city in designated sky lanes. There was a swarm of aerial activity that would occasionally rain down towards a building as a ship reached its destination. Due to safety rules, most ships were controlled by the planetary traffic grid that would autopilot everything in the atmosphere. Makyarnik paid for a special rig that would let him override the planetary traffic control network. He dove into the buildings below. Even though air traffic restricted to a certain height above the tallest buildings of Earth, Makyarnik wove between them anyway. He could just pay the fine if he were caught. It wasn't as if he had run-ins with the IF enforces all too often anyway. There are so many legitimate special business purposes that would allow a person to fly outside the designated lanes, reckless flying would usually be the reason for the traffic stop. And when he was stopped, flying outside the designated zone and flying under the influence would be added to the list. However, Mack family lawyers were good. Since his father would lose face if any of the charges stuck, Mack was pretty sure the family lawyer would always be there for him, regardless of the hour. Tonight, Mack didn't want his father's lawyer involved, so even though he was weaving between skyscrapers, he flew, the safest he had in a while. The buildings flew past as he cruised through the city. Lights from them illuminated the sky enough to where night was a glow doll with only a hint of the night sky above. He buzzed past an ancient building. It was hidden among the towers and monoliths dwarfed by the city the only reason it wasn't demolished for a mega multifunctional tower long ago was that it had a permanent protection status as a historical site it was called the empire state building even though the building did not evoke the images of empires It was much like Machiarnik's family home, an artifact of Earth's past that was deemed too precious and protected from industry's advance as the UPE became the center of the galaxy. Machiarnik turned the Atmohopper into an alleyway of two buildings so tall, their false brick exterior disappeared into the night sky. The alley itself was marginally wide enough to fit his ship. He flew in deep enough to obscure the view from anyone passing on the street. The seams of the hatch to his ship were only visible when it opened. After he climbed out and sent a command to the computer screen wired to his arm, the hatch lowered and... Blended with the smooth surface. The alleyway was pristine and clean. The cleaning drones made sure that every surface of the city didn't have a mark. However, despite the lack of garbage, there was still a thriving homeless population. A few were huddled behind the emergency exit of a building. They eyed Mack suspiciously. Mack kept his head down and moved on. Most of the homeless people of the planet lived underground and came to the surface only to scavenge. They would dig through the trash before the recyclers got a hold of it and raid a bin of a cleaning drone on its way to the dump. Some people who couldn't afford their garbage bill or businesses with shady practice would dump in the underground as most of the undercity was in ruins. However, other than the hubs for Hyperloops, the underground was a space left to rot he left the alleyway and walked down the street there was all manner of people and aliens walking in every directions business people pushed their way through the crowd students packed themselves into large social groups laughing and chatting tourists recorded a video macky made sure to set his image to blur in case he appeared in the background of a video Everyone had privacy controls that could blur their image on other people's photographs and videos if they didn't want to be noticed. A vendor was busy dispensing an alien cuisine that was popular on Earth at the moment. He passed a very old sign that directed foot traffic to a basement bar that looked like it was out of the pass. He stopped at the next business over. It was a pawn shop with a couple guitars and an instrument in the window that required six hands to play. There was a grate over the front door and the interior was dark. Mack reached his hand through the grate and knocked on the door as he was instructed. A burly man with dreadlocks passed Mac Yarnick while he pounded. Mac Yarnick felt foolish and was about to abandon the notion of decrypting the hard drive altogether when he heard a click from inside. The door opened. A bug-eyed creature poked his head out. A couple of bird-like creatures with shimmering wings on either side passed them on the sidewalk. The creature had a lot of strange ticks in his voice. What, what what, do you want? Lars sent me, Mac Yarnick said. He said you'd be expecting me. I don't know any Lars the creature said and slammed the door shut. Machiarnik was about to turn around and check the navigation charts in his Atma Hopper when the door opened. The interior was dark, and he couldn't see much of the threshold. Machiarnik leaned forward to see inside when the voice with many ticks said, w- w- Well, come on, I don't have a light. Machiarnik stepped inside the door and must have passed through a security filter as there was a faint hum in the threshold. The shop interior was too dark to see, in from the street during broad daylight not that there was much to see it was mostly junk the creature would answer the door was a small being with four transparent wings that kept him hovering about a meter off the ground had the creature been standing it would have come up to macaeronek's waist its eyes were red and segmented like a fly's it was a gray color and had brown hairs dotting its body. It was hideous to behold, and Mackayarnock understood why his father hated aliens on a visceral level, even if he didn't share the sentiment. Go back! Go back! I don't have anything for you! The creature yelled when Mackayarnock hesitated. He went back to a small room with various amplifiers. A woman with her long purple hair pulled back by a pair of goggles, was playing a large crystal instrument with two strings. It sounded like a cross between a theremin and a guitar. For a brief moment, Mac was mesmerized by the music, and even more so by the girl. She wore a black latex dress with a French maid-cut skirt and plenty of gutter-punk adornment. Mac was entranced and didn't know anything of what he could say. He was content to watch her fingers move nimbly across the strings. Finally, she said... Is this a free show, or should I set up a tip jar? Normally, Mac would have had a witty comment for her. Instead, he didn't have anything to say, so he just said, Lars sent me. (laughs) Lars sent me? (laughs) Is that your band? Well, the name Sucks. Get a new one, and maybe we'll talk. She turned her back to him and continued to play the instrument. Mac wasn't used to getting any resistance from women. At the clubs for his for members of his social class, he could point to any woman and she would be his. Most women had the impression that they could win him over and marry into his family. This was a fact that Mack Yarnick took advantage of on more than one occasion and left a trail of jaded people behind. This one was different. He could tell that she wouldn't consume to his usual tricks and just made him want her more. He turned off the amp that was blaring her music and sat down on a stool across from her. The instrument sounded like an out-of-tune guitar with his amplifier turned off. I have a hard drive that I need decrypted." <laughs> Why didn't you say that in the first place? She turned back towards him. What's up with all this LARS sent me? I don't care if he's your great aunt. It's not my problem that you and your little doorman didn't tell Lars your secret code word. Can you help me or not? First off, my doorman's name is Vigo. "'You're lucky he struggles with human languages, "'or he'd feed you your genitals if he heard you t- call him little. "'In fact, do that just for my amusement.' "'As much as she enchanted him moments ago "'her personality was grating, "'no one ever spoke to him like that. "'Do you know who I am?' "'Only that you're a little rich prick "'who's used to getting what he wants.' MacYarnock had enough. "'No skill in decryption was worth this abuse. "'He would just tell Lars to go find him another geek.' maybe he would also get his father to put vigo out of business as much as he hated his father's backhanded ways there are some times when they could be useful makyarnik stood up and turned to leave wait the woman said and makyarnik stopped he didn't know why he stopped despite the fact that he felt her personality was all venom he still wanted to get to know her let me see the hard drive makyarnik pulled the hard drive from his backpack tossed it towards her. She pulled a wire from a compartment built into her forum and plugged it in. She started she stared into nothing and nodded her head. She must have been in a virtual reality interface. It was an invention that superimposed the interface of any device in the recipient's field of vision. MacYarnak preferred the arm implant that would in- Pose an image on his forearm, or a three-dimensional projection in the air above his arm, the brain chips that changed a field of perception seemed a little bit too much of a risk. Something told Mac Jarnak that this woman wasn't above taking risks. This is some tight security. Do you know who designed it? Was it a corp? A hat? Hats were independent computer security experts. Back in ancient time, people used to call them hackers, and their hats, black, white, red, etc., used to symbolize their political alignments. Hats evolved into a term for a freelancer whose skills were so in demand they could free themselves from corporate serfdom. Makyarnek's father would rather die than hire a hat. A corp, I think, Makyarnek said. Do you think you can do it? Yeah, but my services aren't cheap. I'm good for it. If you don't believe me, I can give you half up front. With those clothes and driving around an Atmo hopper in a neighborhood like this, I know you're good for it. How did you know? What I want to know is what you plan to do with the information once you have it. Makarinek hadn't thought that far yet. Even though he didn't have the slightest clue about what was on the data drive, he knew his father had a dark side. He had witnessed the evil. Maybe he could blackmail his father, or pretend someone else got the data and threaten to expose him. While he would like nothing more than to see his father live with the fear that Maciarnack had lived with his entire life, he wasn't about to tell this lowlife anything. Why do you care? I'm paying you good money, and I'll even throw in a bonus if you shut up. He yelled at her. No deal, she said, and tossed the drive back to him. Vigo, escort this asshole out the doorway. Hey. Lars said you be discreet. "'He assured me that—' "'Machiarnax stopped in mid-sentence. "'He felt the cold barrel of the gun against his head. "'Vigo chirped in frenetic language "'that his translator struggled to pick up. "'It's okay, Vigo,' the woman said, "'and the gun dropped from his back. "'He may be a rich and tidal piece of shit, "'but he's more and more dangerous than a bot-dar fly. "'If he was here to cause trouble, "'I would have strangled him with the guitar string myself.' Now listen here, she paused in motion with her hands. She said his name. Now listen here, Macyarnick Macyarnick, like like Rasmus's son? The fucker who owns the DMC? I don't like him any more than you do. Hold up, this is your father's data drive. She swiped it back and, and began to inspect it. Let me guess, you swiped it from your old man because you're all butthurt about something he said. You figure you could get back at him with this. He threatened my favorite teacher. Mac said, which was partially true, while Sergeant LaFallis wasn't a jerk, or so much, you know, or, or or that would more or less classify him as his favorite. Oh, how cute. Look at you with your little right in the sins of your father's past. You're adorable, little fuckface. Mac couldn't understand why he was letting her insult him like this. When he was 13, Tom Lancaster, heir to the Earth One Media Court, "'had insulted him. "'Mac Yarnick slammed his head repeatedly "'into a urinal so many times "'they had to do reconstructive brain surgery. "'Mac Yarnack's dad footed the bill "'with a generous settlement "'to keep the footage off the galactic network. "'No one insulted him after that. "'The girl was, on, was something else, though. "'The girls back in London "'would let him do whatever he wanted. "'He'd just use them, discard them when he was done. "'They were like his possessions. "'He could have anything he wanted, "'so he didn't care about anything at all. "'He got the impression that he couldn't have her.' which made him want her even more. If letting her get away with an insult or two without cracking her skull was the price he had to pay, he would do it. Will you do it or not? Macyarnick said. Yeah, she said. Pulling a cord from her arm to plug into the drive, Mackiarnik pulled out a cone chip. She didn't say anything for the longest time, and she finally looked at him as if he was surprised that he was still there. I don't want your lousy corp money. I'll do this just for one chance to stick to those pig fuckers that are killing the galaxy one planetary ecosystem at a time. Name's Cassie. Thank you for asking." With that, she sunk back into the depths of her mind, concentrated in what seemed like thin air. Mac Jarnik knew it was pillars and pillars of code, intricate loops and subroutines. It was the web that his father had spun, and it would finally be put to good use. Alright, thank you so much for listening. We will uh, go ahead and, and see you next time.